I hope Peter can hear me. Welcome to Search Talk Live with search engine optimization and marketing experts, Robert O'Haver and Matt Weber, powered by the Robert Palmer family of companies. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Search Talk Live. I'm your host, Robert O'Haver, along with today we have a, our, our special co-host, which is Michelle Stinson-Ross. Michelle, how's it going? It's going great. I feel wonderful that I'm somehow special. Thank you for that. Well, you, you are a special guest. <laughs> so, Michelle, why don't you tell everybody about yourself? Does that make you a digital marketing mutt? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, well, I'm glad to have you on. Um, today, guys, we have a lot to talk about. I think this is going to be one of our best shows. So you, if you got a pen and paper, get it ready because uh, you're going to get take a lot of notes today. Um, if you have questions during the show, you can go to Twitter and type hashtag search talk live um, and ask your questions and we'll ask them live to our guest on the show. Uh, today, our guest, uh, man, he's a man of many talents. <laughs> he is a five time author. Um, he is the founder of Haro help a reporter out. For those of you who don't know that, um, and much, much more, but I'm going to have him tell you all about himself. He is the expert <laughs> about himself anyway, but today our guest is Peter Shankman. Peter, how's it going? Yeah, I'm glad to have you. For those of you that don't know who you are, why don't you tell everybody about yourself, your background, and... and
Yes, uh, it's it's an honor actually. Um, I saw you at PubCon. That's where we met, and you were talking about uh, faster than normal, uh, which really was an eye opener for me. I don't have ADHD, and I, but I have family members that do, and uh, I mean, it really like you know broadened my mind afterwards. I was like, wow, I got to talk to this guy. <laughs> uh, so it was really interesting. Yeah. So um, the thing I wanted to cover today, and not a lot of people cover this as much as they should, I don't think, um, but really around the PR side and the uh, branding of a company. So you have an online business, but you want to stand out a little more in your, let's say you're a local business and you want to stand out in your community and and you you have your finger on the pulse as far as what companies can do to really elevate themselves above the competition, you know, like doing events or, or maybe it's an expert on a a news station or something. I don't know. I'm just, (laughs) but if you could kind of explain how that, excuse me, how that process works and, and, and kind of educate people, you know, site owners. Exactly. It's well said. A good example is your podcast or my podcast or those are good examples because I I mean, I'm sure you have a ton of people writing about your podcast or your books or those type of things. And it's all informational, right? Nice. Shell, do you have some questions?
<laughs> wow that's that's the simple way of putting it that's for sure <laughs> but uh where would you say i mean like so when you're I don't like to talk about Harlow too much because you're not much involved with it anymore, but, um, or are you? <laughs> Let me say that. Right. Okay. So if a person wants to submit something on like Harrow, just 
is it that simple? Just don't be promotional and give interesting stories. Right. Okay. And what's incredible is that these reporters have, or publications, they're not necessarily all quote unquote journalists, but definitely professional writers. Um, they've already cultivated an audience that matters to you if they're asking about a topic that is within your wheelhouse exactly. of expertise. So what you're able to do by genuinely answering a question as well as you possibly can, as thoroughly as you possibly can, is that your name and your answer are going to go up in front of a lot of people that basically care about the same things your company does. And it's not to mention how much how beneficial it's going to be for your SEO. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, because if you've if you're really smart in the way you've crafted that answer, you've used all of the good good semantic terminology that goes along with what it is you do. Yep. <laughs> okay, and and if, as far as I was, I guess what I was trying to say is how a business can do better, not just online, but maybe they have a really strong presence. Do they hire a PR firm or is it something that they can DIY or um, basic stuff? You know what I'm saying? It's one way to do it. You know, you can hire a PR firm. Another way to do it is, you know, you can do it yourself. And, you know, look, I'm a big believer. I outsource the hell out of everything. If I don't know how to do it, I, I outsource it. Life becomes a lot better. Um, the um, the uh, you know the joke is that I actually lost um, lost uh, access to my my calendar. I lost right access to my calendar uh, about nine years ago. My assistant took it away from me, <laughs> um, and 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 it's better because I'm simply not good at managing my calendar. So I let someone else do it, but. You know, there are certain things you can do. I manage my own social media campaigns because I know how to do them and I know that I do them well enough to make uh, to make it useful, right? So if you're good at it, by all means, make yourself get out there, post interesting stuff, post things that people want to see. You know, again, post things that people like. But mm-hmm. you want to be aware of what you're doing and to make sure that you're not um, wasting anyone's time. Having an audience is a privilege. It's not a right. It's exactly like wearing spandex. So you want to make sure that <laughs> you've earned it. You're earning that privilege every day and you're doing that by posting good quality content. <laughs> what is that banging? I'm going to shoot someone. I don't hear it. I think cause you're making it. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. So now I've had different approaches with social media. I'm not a social media person. I'm an SEO paid guy, but one thing I've found too that local businesses can do is actually search for comments. Like uh, I had a a good example is I had a surgeon, it was a neurosurgeon, and I had them take their social media person and have them do searches like uh, local searches, obviously, uh, tweets for people saying I got in a car accident or I injured my back, or broke my back, or you know you see these tweets all the time and. Um, I know it's kind of like ambulance chasing, but, uh, you know, it can, it can fall in the same way with a product or something, uh, having searches done like that and finding people that are looking for a brand or 
or a, a type of product is how do y'all feel about that? <laughs> what are your thoughts? No, I'm asking your thoughts. I know. I was asking Michelle's thoughts. Oh, me. Oh. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm glad you say that because that was one of the very first things that I did in marketing as a marketing professional. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily looking for somebody who was talking about, you know, I need something, but one of my very first gigs as a community manager was monitoring people talking about Key West on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And basically I I operated as, you know, your friend on the inside, your friend that lives in Key West, knows all the good, good stuff. Let me help you. And that is an excellent model to this day mm-hmm. for social, for content. It's like, hey, I... I live, eat, sleep, and breathe this because I'm here. I'm local. Let me help you. So listening to Twitter conversations that are relevant to what you do, in that case, I was listening to people who were talking about Key West. They might be in Key West at the time looking to do something. They might be planning a trip to Key West, but consistently people use the term Key West in that case. Um, There's lots of opportunities like that, and that's just – that's honestly just being a good friend that knows something that maybe you don't. And I just want to make sure that you have a great time doing whatever it is you're trying to do. It works so well. It does. Yeah. I, I, I think he's, he got an additional 35 surgeries off of that technique right there. But I mean, mm-hmm. it also does great for the brand. It doesn't just say you're, you're puking out content, you know, it's just, it's more, of a personal, hey, you know, you need this or how we can help you or give them answers. And it's obviously not a place you want to sell something. You don't want to be salesy. But yeah, definitely. to solve that problem, you know, and I see that a lot where people are, hey, buy my, you know, widget. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, again, you want to create great content. Yeah. You, you don't want to waste people's time. Well, and that comes back to questions that people are asking. I know a lot of the work that we've been doing in the shop around SEO is in answering questions. So as voice search has been enabled and we've kind of stopped the one or two keyword Google things because Google really didn't understand long phrases. Well, it does now. So we're being a lot more natural in our language when we query the search engine. Um, I know we're finding that taking that time to go, wait a minute, we already know all of this stuff. Let's just consolidate it and synthesize it in a way that when somebody's asking about it, here's the answer. It's really working incredibly well, whether it's for search or whether it's social or whether it's PR content, because what are the journalists trying to do? They're trying to come up with content or video packages or whatever that they know are of interest to their community, their audience. So the process is still the same. It's just different slices of your audience, whether you're going to talk to a professional writer or journalist or whether you're talking to your end consumer. No question about it. You know, and again, this isn't rocket science. I mean, hell, rocket science isn't rocket science. It's math. <laughs> you know, I want, I want you to focus on creating good things and doing good things for people. We don't do enough of that. You know, we don't do enough of good things. <laughs> I like knowing that we can um, that we can share things, that we can uh, 
help people. It, it's just, you know, we're constantly focused on, oh, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do for ourselves as opposed to other people? And I think that, you know, I go through my Rolodex and I pull out 10 random business cards every single day and I call people just to say hi. You know, not or I email them or whatever. I'm not reaching out to, hey, you know, I'm reaching out to say, hey, how are you doing? What are you working on? How can I help you? Too many times we, we sit there and people are like, oh, you know, we're doing this and that and this. Here's what I need. You know, how many times have you gotten an email from someone um, <clears throat> who you haven't heard from in six years? You get an email and the first thing out of their mouth is, hey, it's been a while, so I'm looking for a new job. I'm like, God damn it. You know, <laughs> let me a drink first for Christ's sake. You know, it's like there's there's so much we can do that we just don't bother doing. It's pretty ridiculous. Oh, well, my favorite is the unsolicited email stuff that I get. Hey, we, we have content. We have email services. We, I'm like, I didn't ask you for that. Why are you talking to me? Yeah. Um, which actually makes it difficult for brands that do email marketing well, because I'm basically trained to not even bother looking at that. I don't know who you are. I didn't ask for that. Why do I need to spend my time looking at it? I've got 4 million other pieces of information in this inbox that I have to deal with. And most of it is a waste of my time. Yeah, Make I get, it stop. I get offered SEO services all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you need to buy a better mailing list. <laughs> all right, Peter. So, um, what would you, you know, but it's funny. Let me let me let me let me go back to that because the most basic of work, the most basic of common sense, will do so much for your business. Um, you know, I I never send out emails that are strictly sell. My emails that I send to my my list of about fifty thousand people are entirely based on um, here's some content, here's something that happened to me today, here's what I learned from it, here's a lesson maybe you can learn it. P.S. I have this event in September. Feel free to sign up here. Right, but it's never come do my thing or whatever. And and the most basic of research into your audience can make the world of difference. I always talk about last I guess last May it was Mother's Day of eighteen, two thousand eighteen. I get an email from a company about a week before Mother's Day and they were pitching me to write something about them and it started out with this Dear Peter we know that moms like you have it tough. <laughs> and oh, I wrote about them. Probably not in the way they wanted. <laughs> you know, it's just, guys, it's just be slightly better. Yeah. I don't need you to be awesome. I don't need you to be remotely awesome. Slightly better. You now, I see this all the time, and this is a, a very common mistake. And, and I'd like to add this in there, and I'd like you to provide your insight as well, but staying on topic as far as, you know, a service or a, uh, you know, that you're, you're themed the way your website is themed. Let's say if you're a, a doctor that does, <laughs> um, you're a throat doctor, you're talking about throat stuff, right? I mean, you don't want to talk about 10 things to, I don't know. I'm going to have some bad. I'm going clear. Uh, my mind's going blank right now. But do you know what I'm saying? Stay on topic with your whatever your niche is. I think that, that again, understanding your audience and understanding what they want from you. Yeah, if I'm following, I follow a couple of, um, I work with a lot of, a lot of 
clients in the adult space. Um, I've done some work for them in the past, and you know, I follow some of them because I need to know what's going on in the adult space. But I guarantee you, if they start coming out and talking about politics, that's going to turn off the majority of their audience. That's not what they're there for. Right. Right. Stay in your lane, as the as the as the as the famous quote says. Well said. Well, and there's no harm with being niche. So I, one of the things that I feel like social media did to us on a negative side is when we first launched and, oh, my God, we could have millions of followers. We could have these huge <laughs> audiences. And it's like, well, yeah, you could, but why would you want to? Um, I think we're finally maturing in in the digital space to understand that, you know what, I don't need – ridiculous numbers of people following me, interested in me, that sort of thing. What I need are the people that need, want, and desire what it is I have to offer. Um, a, I think the best best quote I ever heard, um, I'm, I'm not just because I made it up, but um, because <laughs> it's, it's just very, very valuable. Stop chasing the likes and start doing more likable things. Certainly. I like that. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. yeah. But um, so I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to do five different things. I usually have somebody else here with me. <laughs> um, Michelle, did you have something Let's else? Be a little bit better. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Robert's struggling to be a little bit better today. <laughs> so you have a podcast that's on ADHD, correct? I do. And and what do you oh, talk? I'm sorry. So the, the premise behind Faster Than Normal, the name of the podcast, is that. You know, when you get diagnosed, when someone gets diagnosed with ADHD, it's sort of like a death sentence. Oh, you're different. You're a horrible person. You're not the right, you know, and the, the premise of, of what I talk about is the fact that ADHD is a gift. Being neuroatypical, having a different brain, having a faster brain is actually beneficial if you know how to use it. Mm-hmm. The problem is a lot of us don't know how to use it. We say, oh, I have ADHD. I need to take medication. Not necessarily. I'm not anti-med, but I don't think it should be the first line of defense. We're putting five-year-olds in amphetamines because they're acting like, you know, they're five. Amen. Um, Instead of, you know, giving them uh, an extra hour to run around outside before school starts and giving them some protein instead of two bowls of chocolate frosted sugar bombs, you know, and I think that, that the, the ability to create um, this narrative around ADHD and ADD and, and, and spectrum and autism and things like that, where there are benefits to this, you know, and, and you know, if I'm ever going to hire someone for, for um, if I ever wind up doing anything in, in uh, corporate security, Right or or digital security, you can be damn sure I'm going to hire someone uh, who's on the spectrum, right? If I ever need someone creative, I'm going to go to someone with ADHD or ADD. And I'm trying to teach companies that they need to understand this: that 35% of the workforce is going to be neuroatypical in the next 10 years. If they're not looking at how to hire these people, they're going to miss out on a tremendous, tremendous market. I remember you especially selling to them as well. I mean, I've I've done work for corporations, big companies who you know uh, did work for a a giant um, fast food chain. Where when you walk in to the to the restaurant and you look up at their menu, there's 112 different items on the menu. If you're ADHD, that's a death sentence, right? You need to have something that keeps you, um, uh, that allows you to to say, okay, hamburger, cheeseburger, fries, shake, done, right? That's what you need. So so I'm working with this company to create that as well. Hmm. It's incredible. I um my son has AD. He has the he doesn't have the hyper part. He has the. Okay. Attention to def- uh, deficit disorder, but um, he's learned to control it. I mean, and I think something like that your your podcast would be a great resource for that. Thank you. You know, and it, it came out of the book, which was again, which came out of the fact that I realized, 
you know, how come I can, um, how come I can start and sell companies for millions of dollars, but I can't uh, remember to take out the garbage which I put in front of the door four days ago. <laughs> Well, I have that problem too. <laughs> no. Um, so you do you? One thing you did mention in your in your keynote that I listened to you, and there was like several CEOs that that have ADHD that are done very well for themselves. Oh yeah, and and I mean I can tell you countless ones that have because you know the, the CEO of Norwegian Cruise Lines, Andy Stewart, he has massive ADHD, but he's put together a system. That works in his life. That works for him. He goes every morning. He exercises super early. He, you know, it 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 doesn't. It's there's no negatives there. As long as you understand. If I if you were used to driving a Honda and I said here's a Ferrari, have fun. If you didn't know how to drive it, you'd crash into a tree. But if you knew how to drive it, you're gonna go faster than everyone else. Until the cops stop you. Anyway. Well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and I appreciate that as well. I we are still kind of coming together as employers as um, in education as well, because one of my three kids also has the attention deficit without the hyperactivity and she struggles. She's 20. She was diagnosed a lot later in, you know, her childhood. She was probably 16, 17 when she was diagnosed and she to this day struggles because she knows she's supposed to be getting things done but it's just difficult for her to get them done and what she lacks is um the skills there isn't anybody around because i don't have adhd i i'm not you know for me some of some of her struggles kind of don't compute because I, I can manage to hold on to the plot long enough to get the job done. Right. Um, and I would love to be able to empower her and help her develop the necessary skills to kind of overcome those spots where it gets in the way and she knows she needs to get something done and she drops the ball. Um, what do I do to kind of trigger myself to go pick that ball back up again? Um, as a culture, as a society, I, I am keen to see the opportunity to develop those skills start to happen that we're talking about. What does it take to, to make that work for you? Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to understanding where your strengths and weaknesses lie, um, what you're good at, what you're not good at, um, mm -hmm. what, you en what you enjoy doing, what you don't enjoy doing. You know, focus on the good stuff and then put rules and regulations into place that allow you to focus on the negative stuff or the stuff you're not good at in such a way that you get it done and just get it out of the way. I have, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, my alarm goes off at 3.45 every morning. I hate getting up early, but I do it every single morning because I'm a better person for it. How do I make sure I'm up? I have internet connected, um, all my lights are internet connected, all my shades are internet connected, things go up automatically, they come down automatically, the lights go on automatically, but four o'clock, I'm awake, the lights are on, the shades are open, it's kind of hard to go back to sleep. Oh, added bonus, I sleep in my gym clothes because that way I, I walk over six inches to my Peloton bike, which is right next to my bed. I get on the bike. I start working out. <laughs> so, what do you, you know, I'm done. I, I, I don't have to think of it. If I think about it, I'll think about a way not to do it. Wow. I have – my closet has two sides to it, One and they're labeled. One side says um, office slash travel. The other side says speaking slash TV. And office slash travel is T-shirt and jeans. Speaking slash TV is button-down shirt, jacket, and jeans, and that's it. My, um, my suits, my vests, my sweaters – those are in my daughter's closet in the second bedroom because if I had to look every morning, huh, 
Oh my god, I should wear that sweater. I remember that sweater. Laura gave me that sweater. I wonder how she's doing. I should look her up. It's three hours later. I'm naked in the living room on Facebook and I haven't left the house. <laughs> to me, that's super organized. <laughs> but you have to do it. Yeah. it. It has. These are simple life rules that I have to live with. And doing them, you know, although it's a little weird sometimes. I was, I was dating a woman the first time she stayed over. And she said, why are you putting on your gym clothes? I'm like, yeah, we should talk. But, you know, it, it, <laughs> the fact of the matter is it works for me. All right. Well, let's hold that thought when we got to take a break real quick, but when we get back, we're going to ask Peter, well, it's called who follow who influences the influencer. I don't know what's wrong with me today. Um, we're going to ask you, Peter, uh, what, who influences you and who in the industry keeps you up to date, whether it be in your podcast or mostly pertaining to digital marketing (laughs) because we kind of got off track there, but we'll be right back after this. Hey, this is Robert O'Haver, host and founder of Search Talk Live. I've been doing SEO for more than a decade, and I've tried a lot of SEO tools. I'm a solo SEO practitioner now, so I have to work fast and get results for my clients. Nothing helps me more than Ahrefs. Here's why I rely on Ahrefs. It has the fastest, most complete diagnosis of a page available. It's got the easiest way to determine the phrase to target and simple techniques to see the links your competitors have that you don't. They also have a super understandable way to track your progress. I can't take chances. I have to produce results for my clients. And there's nothing that helps my SEO efforts more than Ahrefs. Whether you are using another tool or you have never used an SEO tool before, you've got to try Ahrefs. And now's your best chance. A seven-day trial is only $7. You can't beat it. Try it today at hrefs.com. That's H-R-E-F-S.com. You get a seven-day trial for only $7. Grab it while you can. That's H-R-E-F-S.com. Hey, Robert. You're here early for the show. Yeah, I got a ton of SEO work done this morning, and I got it done way ahead of schedule. Couldn't have done it without Ahrefs. Yeah, so much easier than using multiple programs and having data in a bunch of different places. Plus, being able to see what is holding a page back from ranking in Ahrefs is so much faster than picking through each part myself. Oh, yeah, I agree. We use Ahrefs because it's so easy to teach people at our agency how to use it. Their YouTube tutorials couldn't be better. It's one thing to have a tool. It's another thing to know your team is using it to its full capacity. I don't think there's an easier, more complete tool than Ahrefs. Hey, Robert, why don't you hit them up to be a sponsor of the show? I am way ahead of you. Ahrefs, the official SEO tool of Search Talk Live. Try their new seven-day trial for only $7. Go to Ahrefs.com. That's Ahrefs.com. Today's episode of Search Talk Live is sponsored by... Are you currently an SEO agency or an agency that offers SEO services to your clients? Hey, this is Matt Weber, co-host of Search Talk Live and an agency owner myself. I've got some exciting news for you today. There's a platform called SEO Monitor that is built specifically to help digital agencies provide more effective SEO campaigns for your clients. Their offering understands the dynamics of running multiple SEO campaigns and also managing multiple clients with just one platform. 
One of the best features within the SEO Monitor platform is the Business Case Builder. This tool literally allows you to forecast the value of SEO services into well-known business KPIs that your customers will immediately understand. Add that to conversion data from analytics and AdWords, and you get powerful transparency for forecasting the impact you'll make on your client's business. SEO Monitor offers world-class support, so they're there when you need them. And they've got top-level service level agreements to make sure your agency is always able to deliver to your clients. If you want to find out more about the great tool at SEO Monitor, go to seomonitor.com slash STL. They've also got information about their Spark program, which is a $5,000 grant for SEO agencies or companies that are focused on SEO that have been in business for less than three years. So check it out. Visit searchmonitor.com slash STL today. That's searchmonitor.com slash STL. Directive is an industry-leading search marketing agency fully focused on helping B2B marketing teams increase their results. If you're looking to increase your marketing qualified leads and decrease your cost per acquisition for search engines, I'd highly recommend you take a look at their site. We've actually had their CEO, Garrett Marguth, on the show, and I can honestly say these guys are doing some great stuff. I hear that they even have their own analytics system that lets you correlate your SEO, PPC, or content efforts directly to revenue. If you're a B2B company and thinking about switching agencies, or if you're in-house and need help, I'd give Directive a look. Visit directiveconsulting.com or call 949-214-4024. Again, that's 949-214-4024. Again, that's directive at directiveconsulting.com. All right, we are back. Get your questions in uh, on whoops. Twitter by hashtag Search Talk Live and your question. Now cued, back to the show. You cued me too early. <laughs> All right, so we're yeah we're back. Remember, you can ask your questions on on Twitter, uh, typing hashtag Search Talk Live. We are talking to Peter Shankman. Uh, he is a PR, marketing, advertising expert, and. Uh, among other things, he's got you've got a a big genre of 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 talents there. <laughs> well, I don't get out much. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk customer service now. Some people do it really well, and others do it really really bad. So, let's talk about that a little bit. Well, the irony behind customer service is that again, I don't need you to be awesome, right? The the simple so. Every time I get on an airplane, and I like I said, I fly a lot. Every time I get on an airplane, I buy – I stop at CVS near my apartment, and I buy one of those two-pound family bags of M&Ms, you know, those monster <laughs> yeah. bags. And I, I get on the plane, and I, look, I go up to – and I usually one of the first people to board. And I, 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 I look for the lead flight attendant. I go, excuse me, are you the lead? And, and they, all, they always – you know, they tense up, right? Because you only imagine, like, can I speak to your manager type hey, you know? Yeah. You, excuse me, you the lead. And they're like, yes. I'm like, cool. These are for you. And you just need to share them with your coworkers. And I give them the um, M&Ms and I walk to my seat. And then they go through what I call the five stages of M&Ms disbelief. <laughs> Which is, 
where they are totally freaking out. What the hell? What is that? Why would you give me that? I can't believe this. This is amazing. You know, and then, and then they're like almost crying. But what happens? They now have candy. They've shared it with all the other employees. Now everyone's walking onto the plane, starting to board, and they're being greeted by smiling flight attendants. Wow. Very happy flight attendants. I just upgraded the entire flight. It cost me like nine bucks. I do that every single trip because life's too short. Right? The simple act of just being a little bit nicer. Yeah. And it makes everyone else's day better. Why wouldn't you do that? I bet you had a better flight too, right? Better service. Everyone does. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm usually I'm usually in business class to begin with just because of how much I travel, but <clears throat> it's this all you have to do is just be a little bit better than everything else. And and again, it's not rocket science. It's amazing. It really is amazing. Well, and that is one of the things that leads people to talk about it because that's kind of remarkable. How many flight attendants have actually stopped and, and said, uh, take it a photo with the bag or, you know, tweeted yeah. about, hey, we got M&Ms on the flight. Totally. Yeah. Now, for the listeners, let me ask you this. Now, how does a person or a business gauge what is a little bit better unless they, you know, they shop their competitors or if they can in some the, cases? One of the best ways to do it is just to ask yourself how you'd like to be treated. I think a study came out a couple of years ago that said that like sixty, like sixty-one percent of people that complain on Twitter actually don't need their problem fixed; they just need to be heard. Yeah. Right. When I'm on a flight and we're stopped on the runway for forty-five minutes and not taking off, um, and I see a giant storm cloud in front of me, I'm pretty sure that it's a storm cloud. But if you don't tell me, there's going to be a small part of me assuming that like a wing fell off or we're being hijacked. Right. <laughs> just, just talk to me. Let me know. That you understand that I'm a little freaked out or a little worried, and just just tell me what's up. Tell me what's up, and I'll gladly chill out. Nice. I it think doesn't most take of much. Us are like that. It doesn't um, take much. Yeah. I, I my flight experiences have been like that too. It's like, can I please just have a little more information? Yeah. Please. That's all you need. That really is all you need. Yeah. Now, Peter, I know you got to leave in just a few minutes. Um, I wanted to, because you're you're limited on time, but if you could go through uh, and let the listeners know about your books and how they can reach you on, on social media since you're manning that. and uh, Yeah, I mean, so, so some of my favorite books are uh, the ones that I've written. So my favorite, uh, some of the favorite <laughs> books that I've written are Faster Than Normal, which focuses on ADHD, and Zombie Loyalists. Uh, Zombie Loyalists is actually finished printing. I got the rights back to it, so I'm going to be reprinting that. Uh, probably in the next couple of months and getting that back onto Amazon and bookshelves all over the world, um, bookstores all over the world. That should be fun. Zombie Loyal is all about customer service, customer experience. Nice Companies Finish First is uh, was my third one. And then my original one uh, that people still come up to me and talk about is called um, uh, Can We Do That? Outrageous PR Stunts That Work and Why Your Company Needs Them. You can find all of them on Amazon or nice. anywhere your favorite books are sold. So the zombie one, that is uh, people who are diehard fans of your Brand yeah, or? Zombie Loyalist using great service to create rabid fans. Wow. Okay. And then they, how they how can they reach you on social media? My entire life is I'm uh, I'm at Peter Shankman on all of the socials, including Peloton. Um, and it's very important that I say that because I'm I'm one of those people who like loves his Peloton bike. Like if I'm on a plane and like the the 
plane starts going down and like the flight attendant comes out and says, oh my God, the pilots are dead. Can anyone fly a plane? Save us. Like I'll stand up and be like, no, but I own a Peloton. Here's why you should get one. Um, <laughs> you know, so I'm at Peter Shankman on all the socials. And then my website is shankman.com. I run a mastermind group of about 120 brilliant, brilliant entrepreneurs. And we are at shankminds.com. And I'd love to have you join us. And then uh, Faster Than Normal is the podcast. Nice. And they is that the website address as well? or Yep, fasterthannormal.com. Oh, very easy. All right. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show, and uh, I want to thank you so much. A lot of good information, and uh, maybe we can have you back sometime. I would love that. My pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Peter. All right. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Uh, Michelle, what do you want to talk about now? That was really a... What do I want to talk about now? Um, so there's an interesting connection to things that we've been talking a lot about in this space, mm-hmm. whether that's influencer marketing or building your personal brand, all that kind of stuff. All of this comes back to how do I get other people that have audiences talking about what I care about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, influencer marketing is an interesting outgrowth of content and social. And it actually is one of those things that, touches every aspect of digital marketing there if if you're doing link building and you're trying to get content placed um in websites other than your own well that's kind of influencer marketing right that that publication has an audience and we want them to write about something that matters to us and link back to us right right that's influencer marketing obviously in social media people talking about things that relate to our business that's influencer marketing because and there are so many variations even within in social media whether it's user generated content where you're getting a lot of people with little small audiences to talk about you or whether you're you're getting a celebrity somebody on Instagram who does makeup tutorials to talk about your skincare product you know mm-hmm. those sorts of things all of that is influencer marketing and it's funny because it grew out of this idea that I could be a brand as a person, that that there is something about me as a personal brand, me as a thought leader. And per what we were discussing as far as um, small businesses and how they can leverage those types of conversations and, and get the PR thing kind of going, it starts with how you influence people, right? Um, as a business owner, because there are things that you know about your business and about your customers that you can share, that you can talk about that isn't letting people into other people's private information, but still, Oh, this is an interesting trend. Did you know? Blah, 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 blah. That's about, being an influencer, being a thought leader, maintaining your personal brand as a human being yeah. and connecting to other people that are doing the same. Yeah. And, and it's, there's, there's, there's so many intricate parts to that, you know, like, you know, let's say you write really good content, but you got to get it in front of people, you know, right. Either through a paid post or, or, you know, obviously sharing it on social media, making sure that, you know, when you're, and I think it's so important and it's missed a lot is when you build your social media accounts, you want to build like-minded people, you know, people are interested in what you're writing about because you're, you're building your, like you said, your tribe, Mm -hmm. you know? 
Well, and one of the interesting things that I'm seeing as the social media algorithms have gotten a lot more sophisticated is the echo chamber that it creates, right? Mm -hmm. If you engage, you will see more of. When you stop engaging, you will see less of, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in order to keep people engaging, you need to collect community members that are really truly interested in what you're doing. I, I was talking to a colleague about this yeah. and we have both had instances where we needed to cultivate a new community around a brand right. and we started going, okay, what defines that community that they're going to appreciate what I have to say? They're going to you know, enjoy the photographs that I have to share. They're going to want to spend time watching the little video clips that I put up in social media. How do I define that group of people that once I collect them, they continually engage so that they see what I'm talking about, that they share it with other people, and they are inclined to share it with other like-minded people. The algorithm kind of – it's a dual-edged sword. If you're getting people to engage and share and do all of those good things, you're going to remain visible and you're going to get people to engage and do those good things and remain visible, right? The moment somebody stops engaging, that whole process just shuts down. And now you're going, well, gee, now now I'm in the pay-to-play situation, which probably you are anyway. Yeah, and you're literally starting all over again. Well, and honestly, one of the ways that you cultivate that audience to begin with is you're probably going to have to pay to do some content placement in the first place sure. because you're talking about a group of people that have never heard of you before. Why would I want to follow you? What what I don't know you. Well, you have to overcome that I don't know you in order to cultivate that tribe that enjoys what you do and shares what you do. Exactly. And it boils down to targeting. Like you want to make sure that you just know your audience, know your customer. Right. And you target. And the the targeting parameters are are actually pretty vast. I'm working with a client right now that they've done a lot of advertising testing and some things that they do are really, really brilliant. I mean, they have done an absolutely amazing job of being able to segment different portions of their potential customer base by geographic area. And for something that is a product that really does have to do with climate, um, it is important to do that geographic segmentation. But they stopped at the segmentation and forgot that, oh, I've got this group segmented by like Three states. I'm segmenting people by Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Okay, that's that's a pretty tight geographic area, and there are certain things climate that you know revolve around that area. Yeah, the way they talk about summertime is very different from the way the southern states talk about summertime. Things like that, right? Right. But when I delved into the creative level of that advertising, oops, we missed the opportunity to use specific language that really resonates with that particular group of people in that particular geographic area. And I'm looking through some stuff. I'm going, (laughs) what was the point of the geo-segmentation if we're not going to use it in our copy and creative? (laughs) Right? Right. Right. But it's simple. it's, It's things like that that get overlooked. You know? Right. Well, and it's a combination of using all of your targeting. So, yes, it, if it's relevant 
in the case of this particular client that I'm onboarding, it is relevant to use that segmentation at a geographic area. Yeah. Um, but I want to combine that with other interest parameters. Let's say I'm going to target that tri-state area, right? Yeah. Um, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan. And I want to specifically write messages about camping in the summertime, right? Because that particular area, as soon as the sun comes out and you can actually enjoy being outdoors, they all want to go outside, right? right. I want to make sure that not only am I targeting that geographic area, but I'm also targeting those interests in hiking, camping, fishing, and, and especially in social, there are a lot of parameters that can define an outdoor enthusiast. For sure. I want to combine that with the geographic area so that my messaging really fits and really resonates. Yep. Perfect. I mean, it's well said group interests, all that good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in, in that a lot of businesses don't realize, I mean, let's, let's take Facebook for instance, you can really just drill down and you don't need a large budget. I mean, you, you really don't. And you can build over time if you spend a small, I don't know, it could be, it could vary for whatever you're offering. But mm-hmm. if you, if you have a budget set aside every month to, to do so much promotion on Facebook, you can build an audience, a massive audience locally, and they'll know mm-hmm. your brand because you're constantly pumping out content that they like. And they're, well, I will point out one of the things that Peter said is like, look, if this is not your wheelhouse, if it's not your area of expertise, don't hesitate to outsource it. Yes. Um, one of the things that I've I've noticed is a lot of smaller businesses come to us and they're like, we know we need to be doing this Facebook advertising, but I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to find the advertising platform. And right. then as soon as as soon as you point them in the direction, they open it up. They're like, oh my god, what is this thing? Because their expertise is in running their restaurant or running their tire shop or or doing whatever it is that they're doing. That's where their area of expertise is. Exactly. What I need to do and what they need to do is have somebody point a camera at them, let them talk about that, their area of expertise, and then – that person that's responsible for capturing that video, let them go put it on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all of the good, good places. Oh, and by the way, guys, make sure that once you've done all of that, make sure that you also put it on your website so that people can see the full length version and not just 30 seconds of it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So I think we're running out of time here. We're just about done. I want to thank you guys. I want to give everybody give props to Michelle. She, at the last minute covered for Matt because Matt's out on assignment with Google, uh, training people on paid advertising. Um, Matt gets all the fun, (laughs) right? He does this all year long, but, uh, occasionally it falls in between shows. But, um, he, uh, at the last minute found out he was going to be driving, so he couldn't be able to do the show remotely anyway. But, um, yeah, Michelle, I want to thank you so much for jumping in and, taking the reins i appreciate that oh it it is totally a pleasure i love talking about this stuff peter is a phenomenal thought leader in the space especially with pr and and understanding how to tell your story and and just be a good human being 
in the business space that the pleasure was all mine. Yeah, I was I was prepared for him to come in with something really complicated, but it, it was just like, be better than everybody. <laughs> <laughs> be just okay. a little bit better. Yeah, you exactly. don't have to be just completely mind-blowingly amazing because, let, let's be honest, as human beings, we probably wouldn't be able to process that anyway. Yeah. Just be a little bit better. Yeah. All right. Well, guess who's on uh, next week? We have... Oh, please tell me. Jesse McDonald. <gasps> My good friend, Jesse McDonald. Okay, so... <laughs> Guys, you have to know, uh, Jesse and I both live in Austin, Texas. We have been friends for the last several years, and that guy is just doing amazing things in the digital marketing space. Yeah, he's awesome. We're going to be talking local SEO. We do talk a lot of SEO, but local SEO specifically is is really good for any business to know. Right. But uh, all right, guys. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show thank you for following us on oh be sure and follow us on spreaker if you don't already we have a ton of followers we would like you if that way you get notifications when the new episode comes out because sometimes we've been lately we've been running a little late we've been having a little technical difficulty and it's mostly due to me <laughs> because my computer uh, i got a brand new laptop and not to go into all this detail but um it, it just stopped working but anyway we got it working. Things are good. So we should be all right. But Jesse McDonald's next week. Tune in if you want to know some local SEO stuff. We're going to go, uh, we can go basics to advanced. You can ask your questions on Twitter, typing hashtag search talk live. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, you can email me, Robert at search talk live, and I'd be happy to respond to you. And if you, if you know your stuff and you've got what it takes, we'll have you on. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Search Talk Live is sponsored by the Robert Palmer family of companies. If you have questions for Search Talk Live or you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor of the show, email Robert at searchtalklive.com. That's searchtalklive.com. Dot com.